Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast, a member of the Charisma Podcast Network and the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 44. Hopefully you checked out last week's episode with Jacob Coyne. He had some great tips on really displaying the joy of the Lord in your life. So make sure you check that out. To keep up with what I'm doing at Discerning Dad, you can go to the show notes and check out the link tree. I love link tree. It puts all the links for everything I'm doing that you would normally have to try to find on a website in one easy place. So you can follow me on social media there. You can get my book, Everyday Discernment. You can check out some other offers I have on there, as well as my free 14-day discernment devotion. Also, to give you a sneak peek of Season 2, which will be coming up this summer, I have some amazing guests already lined up. Stay tuned. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by 316 Tees. My buddy Brian has an awesome Christian t-shirt company. I personally love the Faith Over Fear t-shirt. I wear that a lot. The company is veteran-owned, and they do a great job supporting other Christian businesses, and they also have a heart for the adoption and foster care community. Brian gave me an exclusive link, 316tees.com slash Tim, just for my listeners. You get 10% off your order. It would mean a lot to me if you actually go support him. Tag me in a photo of you wearing one of his shirts, and I'll be sure to reshare it. And for today, my guest is Michael Lombardo. I love his passion for God. I love his podcast, Awaken, and his book, which we'll talk about. Here we go. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. This show is about you and your walk with Jesus as we grow in discernment together so that we can make better daily decisions that honor God in all we do. We will align all things against the Bible and give you practical steps to run your Christian race to win. And now your host, the discerning dad, Tim Ferrara. Welcome to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. I am here today with Michael Lombardo. He is an international minister, a husband, a father, and he's the host of Awaken Podcast, and he's also the author of Immersed in His Glory. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, I found you through your podcast, and we both had interviewed Sean Bowles. And so I think I my first episode was hearing him on your show as well. And then from there, I just got addicted to it in a good way. And so I've been listening to every episode and you've had some great guests on and we're both part of the Charisma Podcast Network now. So that's a blessing as well. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride. I'm glad you reached out to me. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself, anything you'd like to share and kind of how you uh, got started in podcasting and, uh, you know, spreading the word of God. Sure. Okay, great. My name is Michael Lombardo. Me and my wife have a ministry life poured out international. I met my wife on the mission field. Her name is Selena Lombardo. We were both in uh, at Iris Global. Um, with Heidi Baker in Mozambique. And that's how we met. We got married like six months later after meeting. Um, but we have two beautiful babies. Well, my little girl's not a baby anymore. She's five years old. Say la gloria. And then I have a little boy who's two and his name's Nico Emmanuel. And so we live in Dallas, Texas. And um, man, I just love Jesus. And we, um, our whole family, we just doing ministry together. We're doing life together. I also, you know, I've, I'm doing a lot of business as well here in Dallas. And so that's kind of new that's taken place in my life. But um, the podcast, I've been, I've been, I don't know if you call it podcasting, but about four to five years ago, I started doing like a Facebook live show called Awaken Live and God put it on my heart to do it. He told me to do it. And so I stepped out by faith, had no clue how to do it. God led me to the right avenues and people. And I just wound up going live a couple of times a week with friends, you know, missionaries, you know, pastors, leaders, people that I knew in my life. And then God wound up opening amazing doors to have other people on the show that I've looked up to, admire, authors, teachers. 
And um, it's been a wild ride. It's been, you know, day by day, just kind of um, obeying what God's put on my heart to do. And from there, about two years ago, going on about a year and a half, going on two years, Charisma Podcast Network reached out to me. I actually stopped doing the, the live stuff for a little while because life got busy. And then Charisma reached out and they wanted uh, to, to bring that show back. And so I started doing it in a different format. Now it's podcast, it's audio, it's not live streaming anymore, but I love it, man. It's called Awaken Podcast because it's my desire to see believers awaken to see the beauty of Jesus, all that he's done, you know, through his finished work, through his life, death, resurrection, and to know who they are in Christ and really walk that out on the earth. And so it's been, it's been a wild ride, man. I, I'm glad you've enjoyed the show and you're listening to it. Yeah. And uh, you grew up in the church, weren't you? And, but you, there was a moment in your life when you were awakened uh, to more of what God has to offer. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah, I grew up, my mom was a believer since as far as I could remember, um, speaking in tongues, praying the Bible, anointing your head with oil kind of Christian, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. uh, my dad wasn't, uh, I have a Catholic background and my mother was Catholic, but she got spirit filled and my dad was religious. Um, he didn't have a relationship with God, but he, it would go to mass every Sunday. My mom wanted, you know, she'd go to Bible studies uh, you know, on a Wednesday to get her, her fill, you know, but for the most part, I grew up around the Lord, hearing testimonies of Jesus, receiving prayer, being around spiritual things. And then, um, but I wanted nothing to do with God. My dad got saved radically when I was 14 years old, baptizing the Holy Spirit, telling everyone about Jesus. I thought wow. he was absolutely crazy. I thought he was a <laughs> Jesus freak. You go, you end up, and he was in a yeah. good way now. I know in a good way now, but back then it was like, there's Christians and there's you guys. Like you take it to a whole, whole other level. And so um, I turned away from God. I wanted nothing to do with the Lord. I got involved in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And it was fun for a period, but we know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift yeah. of God, eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so mm. um, it was fun for a little while, but over time, just empty, uh, not as satisfied, you know, I brought problems and issues into my life. And around 19 years old, this is like long story short, by the way, yeah. but um at 19 years old, um, I tried everything I could to make myself happy. I was probably doing well until I was around 17, 18. And then depression and, um, you know, a lot of consequences for my actions that I was struggling with legally, you know, for possession. And I got into a, a DWI, an accident that almost took my life. And God was wow. protecting me even back then, honoring the prayers of my parents and, and everything. And um, he also knew the plans he had for my life. He divinely protected me. And um, around 19 years old, I tried drugs, I tried women, I tried money, I tried music, whatever made me happy, I tried that in excess. And every time I got it, I got what I wanted, I was just as broken, just as empty and unfulfilled. Yeah. And so I had nowhere to turn except Jesus and my brother-in-law, my, my sister, my mother and father always telling me about the Lord, telling me about the Lord, telling me about the Lord. It's like deep down, I believed in God, but... God was cool with me. I could cry out to God if I needed something or protection, if I was scared or whatever. But Jesus was exclusive to me. Mm. If you follow Jesus, if you serve Jesus, you can't do the stuff that you like to do. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is a, this is a life change right. if I go to Jesus. And when I was 19 and broken, I was ready for that life change. And I reached out to the Lord in my room by myself and I cried out to God. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember how I said it. I just remember that my heart broke open before the Lord in sincerity and humility. 
and the presence of the living God filled my room. It was amazing. I was like, I was there alone one moment, or at least I thought I was alone. And the next moment, it was just the glorious presence of God. And he filled my heart with love, with acceptance, with peace, and all of the disillusionment and hopelessness and fear and depression just broke off as he poured his love into my heart. And it was tangible. I literally felt tingles down my back. I felt like the warmth of a father's embrace. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me for the first time. And it wasn't boom, like an angel or an audible voice or anything like that. But it was the internal voice of the spirit of God. And I heard him say, son, I have plans for your life. Wow. And when, and it sounds very, very simple. You know, we could tell people what Jesus got plans for your life. Jesus has plans for your life. Jesus has plans. And people would tell me that my brother, my, my brother-in-law, my mom, but it, it, it's different when you're in the presence of glory and you hear the Holy Spirit say, son, I have plans for your life. And in that moment, I believe I wasn't just born again and awakened, but I was also uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Life became very supernatural. I wanted, all I wanted was to seek him, know him, experience him, uh, read about him, learn of him. Um, that's all I want. I want to tell everybody about him. And my life really in one moment has been, obviously there's things that you work out with fear and trembling, but yeah. um, in that one moment, there was a transformation that completely changed the course of my life. Wow. Such a powerful story. And it's, it's one of those things that has to be caught and not necessarily taught. And there's a lot of things we can teach people, but when it comes down to passionately pursuing Jesus, a lot of times you just have to go all in and you can't, and I just made a video about this recently when we try to debate with atheists online about all the facts that they want. You know, a lot of times there's a measure of faith that's needed and there's an experience that you can't explain to someone else. Just like I can't explain my experience of going to Disneyland, which I love. I can't explain that to someone else. I can tell them how to get there. I can tell it, show them pictures and maybe explain it a little bit for them to actually experience it. They yeah. have to actually go there. And it's such a poor comparison with God, but it's the best I could think of on a TikTok video. And so, you know, it's the same way when we try to share, you know, our testimony is unique to us and no one can take that away. And so it's really important that we use that testimony. Even if you've been in the church your whole life, like I have, you can still point to the, the goodness and the favor of God upon your life when you follow him, you know, in the radical conversion like yours, you know, the turning back to God was, was, is such a powerful story too. And it's important that, you know, we use our testimony to share with others because there, you know, like I said, we can debate the Bible for days on end and there's a time and a place for that. But at the end of the day, people want to see what's real and what right. is real is what is in us. And if the Holy Spirit's alive and active in us, like he should be, then that's going to come out in our words and in how we love others. Yeah. I just want to encourage people that like, let's say they have a loved one that isn't serving the Lord or, you know, my, my mother and father and brother-in-law and sisters they spoke the word of God over my life. And in the moment, I thought it was going in one ear and out the other. I you know, didn't like sit with me and I didn't ponder it and meditate on, on it. And it didn't bring immediate transformation, but they sowed seeds mm. and they watered and God eventually brought the increase. And so yes. just to encourage those who are watching right now, you know, especially in, when I encountered the Lord and my heart opened up to him and I was born again, the Lord reminded me of things that people said to me that were seeds that did grow up in my heart. I just didn't realize they were there. And so just, if you have a loved one that's unsaved, just keep speaking life, tell them that Jesus loves them, tell them that God's got a plan for the, you know, their life, keep speaking the word to them, be yeah. there for them, listen to them. Don't be too Christianese. But at the same time, like if you don't see immediate fruit, God will bring the increase. It's his job. So yeah. keep with it. Man, such a good word. 
Awesome. Well, I hate going into these after we go deep, but uh, I ask these questions to everybody. So what's your favorite movie of all time? Man, that's such, I was having, I I don't know. That's so, I love Denzel Washington, Jim Carrey. I like laughing in movies. I like thrillers. I like crazy thrillers. You know, I love the Lord of the Rings movies. I like even like Divergent, the Hunger Game movies. I like all kinds of, I'm a big thriller (laughs) comedy guy. And so comedy and thrillers. And so I really don't, I can't say like one movie is my favorite movie of all time, but I've got some actors I love. I love Denzel Washington, Liam Neeson, Jim Carrey, all kinds of- Classic Jim Carrey, like Dumb and Dumber, Liar Liar. Oh, we quote that all day, me and my family. (laughs) We love it, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) What about if you could meet anyone alive or dead besides Jesus who's alive, who would it be? Donald Trump. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um... Uh, alive or dead? I would say probably Smith Wigglesworth. I would mm. love to speak to Smith Wigglesworth or John G. Lake or one of these yeah. revivalists of old because we hear these incredible stories and remarkable stories. And I would love to just be alive in their day and go like a revival meeting with them and kind of see see it with my own eyes and and get some perspective and ask them some questions because I've received a lot from their teachings and work. So yeah, I read a biography on Smith Wigglesworth last year, and uh, it was it was so he's he was such a unique 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 guy but he you can't deny the power of his ministry and these Mm -hmm. were it was written from not his perspective like i don't even know if he wrote an autobiography i don't think he did it was all these people talking about the stories about him and uh i think if we met him he'd probably like beat us on the side of the head for having a phone or something you know like because he would just have these stories of like you know i think i remember one person brought a newspaper in his house he's like we don't read that in this house you know we only read the word of god and it's like wow so radical you know like to be around somebody who would just go to a funeral and pull someone out of a a casket and throw them against the wall and see him rise, rise from the dead to me, like if those stories are true, and I believe they are, then he was a man of fervent faith, vibrant yeah. faith that I would love to learn from and ask a few questions to. So, yeah, for sure. What about a favorite author or book you'd recommend? Oh my God, favorite author or book? A book that I've read so many times is The Shack by William Paul Young. I've read that book a lot of times. It is beautiful. It is powerful. There's a lot of controversy around William Paul Young as a person, but I love him. He's a genuine individual full of Jesus and the shack has incredible insight. But I also read a book, a book that changed my life and not necessarily, these aren't necessarily my favorite authors, but a book that changed. I'll tell you two other books that changed my life. Drawing Near by John Bevere. That was a book that I got when I first got saved and it was used in a huge way to draw my heart and attention and affection to Christ on a daily basis. It was it was foundational. He taught me about the fear of God, humility, intimacy, all things I needed to hear when I first got saved. And then um, Heidi Baker's book, Impelled by Love was mind-blowing because I would always read about Smith Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Catherine Coleman, Amy Semple McPherson, people that are with the Lord, they're dead, but they were used in the miraculous. And when I read Compelled by Love and I heard the stories of the blind seeing, you know, the deaf hearing, resurrections, the multiplication of food, and there's a woman who is alive in a ministry that is operating and functioning now, (laughs) that was huge for me because it opened up my heart to say it could happen today, it could happen now. And um, that that was huge. But a favorite author... I'm not sure. I like to see Baxter Kruger. He's really deep and theological and uh, NT right. I enjoy it theologically that I enjoy reading, but anyways. That's good. That's a good list. What do you like to do in your free time? What hobbies do you have? I like being with my family. I've, yeah. I've got very little hobbies, honestly. I like podcasting. That's a, a calling, but also a hobby of mine. I yeah. enjoy sitting down, having a cup of coffee with somebody, but I, I'm, I'm very busy like on a, on a, on a usual basis. So 
anytime that I'm not doing something, um, I like to just be with my kids and my wife and I like going, we like traveling. We like going to the beach. Yeah. We like, I like golfing from time to time. I'm bad at it, but I yeah, enjoy it. Too. And so <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This podcast is part of the edify podcast network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. I want to move on to the two questions I ask all my guests is the time you had godly discernment in your life and kind of what that meant as far as a decision you had to make, a time that you had godly discernment, and then a time you did not and kind of what you learned from those. So whichever one of those you want to kick us off with. I would like to think that I've, I've had a high value for, for discernment, um, even as because I never wanted to repeat uh, an, an error that the word of God tells me not to do. I feel like if, it, if you could learn from somebody else, you don't need to repeat their same mistakes. And so that's always been a value of mine. I don't know if it's because my parents ingrained that in me or whatever, but I had a lot of uh, mishaps from lack of discernment in high school, not listening to my parents, not using discernment with the people that I knew and met and um, and, you know, girls that I dated and things that I, oh man, never listened to my parents drinking and driving, partying, all that stuff. So it's, I know that as a believer, I've had lapses, I'm sure, yeah. but the time in my life that is overwhelmingly, you did not use discernment and you did not listen to your heart and listen to your parents was my high school years. It's like, you think you're indestructible and you think that no matter what anybody says to you, it's not true. I'm going to do it. I'm above, you know, the law I'm above you know, whatever my parents have to say, yeah. a time that I use tremendous discernment or good discernment, I would have to say is marrying my wife. It's the best choice I've ever made outside of coming to know Jesus Christ. The Lord led us together. Mm-hmm. And I prayed, I prayed about it. I prayed into it. It's my heart was always not my will, but yours be done. Lord, if she's the one for me, then great. If she's not, then I don't want it. You know, I want a gift from you. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so I want the one yeah. that you have for me. And I spent time seeking the Lord and time in his presence and and um, I spoke to leadership and I spoke to her, you know, God gave me discernment to be able to be open with her and talk to her. Like, I'm interested in you. I want to get to know you. You know, I was, you know, so she wasn't thinking about, does this guy like me? Does he not? And I, I think that God gave both of us grace to really navigate that well, especially because we were in Mozambique and we had leadership over our lives and we had young people looking up to us. So we really had to handle things appropriately. Mm. And so I just think that the number one greatest decision we'll ever make is to know and come to Jesus. And then after that, it's the person you're going to marry. And so I thank God he gave me tremendous discernment there because she's the biggest gift in my life. Wow. That's so good. And that's, that's, especially in those big decisions like that, you know, discernment is so crucial because one bad decision in who you marry can mess up the rest of your life, unfortunately. And so there's, there's a lot of big decisions. Yeah. A lot of people. And so, you know, you took all the right steps. You took, you took godly counsel. You, you followed the word of God. You, you led your life with integrity because other people were looking at it. And so that's a great template to use. Like I say, you know, we, we have the Bible, we have the Holy spirit and we have godly relationships as far as how we gain discernment. And so any big decision like that, or, you know, honestly, any decision, we can follow some of that template, you know, not every small decision we have to take months and, and, you know, ask God for, Mm -hmm. you know, he does equip us with, 
with our brain. If we're led by the Holy Spirit, we can make decisions on the fly. But, you know, whether it's a career change or, you know, buying a house or moving, like those kinds of things, we definitely want to put before God and not just jump into the first decision that seems even good by the world standards. It might seem like a a profitable decision. It might seem like something everyone else would do or that people are encouraging you to do that aren't seeking God for themselves. But having godly counsel means that those people are on their face before God too, on your behalf. And then you can trust what they say because you have a history with them. And they also have a history with uh, hearing from God. Absolutely. I think like leadership, if you have leadership in your life, it's uh, people that God has placed in your life. There is wisdom, you know, amongst many counselors and you can't bring everything to everybody. You know, you have to use discernment in that, who you trust your heart to, who you entrust you know, maybe your pain or your struggles. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of discernment there and like who you allow into your life to speak into your life and everything like that. We need to use discernment with that. But even just to kind of highlight what you said, you know, I did have this extra weight of, you know, I want to make sure I handle this properly because um, there's people watching. I'm in leadership. I want to make sure that I live above reproach. But just for those who are listening right now or watching right now, it's always important to have integrity behind closed doors as well as in front of everybody publicly as well. And so I I have a a strong, you know, and it's, I think it's because of my family and what they've been deposited in me as well as many mentors and leaders in my life and books that I've read at the right time that I I, I honor and integrity and, you know, the fear of God and carrying yourself with humility. And it's, it's vital if you want to really grow in the spirit. And if you want God to entrust you with large tasks. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in your book, Immersed in Glory, you you say that every human is destined for the glory of God. Can you elaborate how you would explain that to someone else and who may not believe that they do have a destiny in God? Like, how would you just break it down for someone, even a Christian who might need a clarification of that concept? Yeah. Yeah. I I pull that concept from scripture. I tried it in my book, use as much scripture as possible. So I'm not just throwing out phrases. Um, and so you need discernment there too. You have, to, you have to discern what you're listening to and receiving. But right. I take it from 2 Thessalonians. I got right here, 2 Thessalonians 2, 14. And the Apostle Paul was, for this reason, came the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many people read Isaiah and they hear the statement by God that I will not share my glory with another. And what God is saying there is he will not share you know, praise. He will not share the position as God with anybody else. He's the only God. There's no other gods. He won't share his glory with Krishna, Muhammad, Buddha, or the like. All right. And so uh, the word glory in scriptures can mean a lot of other things as well. You have the Shekinah glory of God, where the Shekinah came, a manifest presence of God came into the temple and everyone fell on their faces. You have the Kabod, you know, glory of God. And if you really dive in the scripture, we see that the glory of God references the manifest presence of the Lord when that which is invisible becomes visible, when that which is in the spiritual realm manifests in the natural realm, and we get to experience the beauty of who God is. We begin to experience his love, his joy, his peace, his holiness, the natures and attributes of God are manifest. And we as humans, our human senses are able to experience and comprehend and indulge and enjoy him. And so for me, when I say that we're all destined for the glory of God, I pull that from 2 Thessalonians 2.14, um, saying that we all, this is the reason why we were called to the gospel, that we might obtain the glory of God, meaning we might obtain his personhood. We might experience his presence, that we might know him intimately, 
personally. We may have a heart-to-heart relationship with him. We may experience his holiness. We may manifest and exude his love, his peace, his joy, all the fruits of the spirit, which is his very nature. We've become partakers of his nature. And so that's the way I would explain it to someone who's a believer. Um, Someone who's an unbeliever, I might dumb it down that every single person was created by God for God and that we all have this God-shaped hole on the inside of us and we're made by our creator. He's our father. He's a lover of our soul. And when we come to know him intimately and personally, we become truly satisfied, truly fulfilled. You know, we can't fill that hole, that emptiness with sex, drugs, money, success, fame, notoriety, whatever it might be. You know, we were born, we were created by God and for God. And so, you know, it's not until we truly experience the glory of the presence of God that we're satisfied and fulfilled in our lives. And we were meant for that kind of intimate relationship with him, not just in heaven one day when we die, but here on earth. And so that's huge for me. My core message is intimacy, abiding in the presence of God, the practice of the presence of God, because all fruitfulness flows from intimacy. I wouldn't want to preach the gospel around the world. I wouldn't want to do any podcasting. I wouldn't want to preach Christ to friends, family members, strangers that I meet. I wouldn't want to you know, do these things. If it wasn't for Christ in me, my relationship with him that transforms my heart so I could live out of his nature in my daily life. And so to me, it's all about intimacy and out of that place of intimacy, all the good things, you know, in our life, the fruitfulness, the anointing, you know, the successes, you know, the joy and all the amazing things that we experience as humans. That's good because when you talk about it that way, it makes Jesus seems so much more appealing than when you present Jesus with a bunch of rules and people that are even Christians some sometimes get caught up in the rules. I have to do this in order to receive that. It's instead of coming from a place from love and knowing that we do the things we do because we are loved first. And then that makes us want to show that love to God and then follow him out. Not that we're saved by works, but that we do our works out of that love. And it's such a big change in in mindset, especially when you see it from the outside in and you, you think, why would I want to be in a, in a religion that is just all about rules and is a ultimate killjoy of my fun. But the way you describe it, it is so it's such a good way to present it to, to people is, uh, yeah, come to church, but let me tell you about my relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you about what he's done in my life. Discipleship is such a, you know, we want to get him in the door. We want to get him saved, but then discipling somebody, we should all find somebody to disciple someone who's you know, further behind in the journey than we are, and we should be discipled by someone else. It's just a good practice because there's always somebody that we can pour into. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. And honestly, the the word of God states in, in Romans, I believe it's chapter five, that Christ is the end of the law for those who believe. And even, you know, I believe it's in Timothy as well, where the Apostle Paul says the law is not, is not meant for believers. It's meant for unbelievers to show them their need for a savior, yeah. you know, for the, for the lost and the broken and the adulterers and the murderers and for the kidnappers and for all these different things, just to show them, no, we are in need of a savior. When, once you believe the law of God is no, you know, we, we no longer have to follow written out laws and principles, but the law of God is now written on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So now I don't have to, I want to, yeah. which is, which is a huge difference because when I was born again, I now crave righteousness. I want to, I want to obey God. I want to walk in his statutes. I want to, I want my life to, you know, to resemble Jesus. And so, and yeah, are we perfect that? Yeah, we do. We fall, we sin. And thank God, Apostle John, he said yeah. that when you do, or if you do sin, that we have an advocate with the father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're not following 
you know, external rules and regulations, but we now have a God who has written his law in our hearts. And now we desire to live for him, which is beautiful. Yeah. And that desire you call a divine hunger for feeding on the word of God and how we show that we're hungry is how we spend our time. And so in having discernment with our time, which was also a chapter in my book, is, is, is very important to be strategic about it. So what has been a game changer for you in how you dedicate quality time to Jesus? How, what has worked for you and what is some tips you would say for someone else? That's good because we hunger for what we feed on. Yeah. So if you're feeding on entertainment continually. If you're feeding on news, the news feeds continually, you're going to constantly be drawn to entertainment, news feeds you know, whatever, whatever it may be, video games. I don't know for you, but if you, if you're feeding on the word of God and you're feasting on his presence, you're spending time with him, that's what you will crave and what you desire. And so, and it's not easy, you know, I I think at first it may start as a discipline for some people, but then it becomes a ravenous delight over time. You know, you, you have to tell yourself, no, I'm going to spend time with the Lord tonight instead of, and I'm not against, I watch TV, we watch movies, we watch, you know, different shows on Netflix, things like that. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. The Lord's never beating us behind the head, giving us rules and regulations. But, you know, um, the more we feast on him, the more, uh, you know, we'll be hungry for him. And then as we're hungry for him, there's this beautiful cycle in the spirit realm where God puts a hunger in our hearts. And once we, you know, we come to him and we feed on him, we are satisfied. There's a deep satisfaction. And because we receive so much pleasure, joy, and delight, because in his presence, there's pleasure forevermore. On his right hand, pleasure. In his presence, there's peace. Because of that, we just, we're like, oh, that was so good. I just got to get more. And so we're, we're hungry for more. And then we, we enjoy and we delight and then we're hungry and then we enjoy and we delight. And there's this beautiful cycle in the spirit realm. But at the same time, you know, you don't need to have four five, six hours a day to pray and worship. And, you know, cause I used to have that time when I was in Bible school, but I don't have that time anymore. Yeah. I work and ministry and family more important than anything. My kids, when I come home, I want to run around with them, play with them, be with my wife, go out on the date night, all that good stuff. It's learning how to incorporate him while you're driving in your vehicle, while you're showering, while you're doing the laundry, while you're playing with your kids. It's not, it's not hard. It's yeah. not hard. We make things so hard. We have to do this. We have to do that. And that's what the law does to us. The law cripples yeah. us and it brings condemnation, guilt, shame. If we're not reading our Bible, we shouldn't feel guilty. We should feel hungry. We should feel like I miss you. I miss that time in the word. I miss that time in your presence. And we are always in the presence of God. I just want to say that even if you're not feeling him or experiencing him, it does not change the fact that he is Emmanuel, God with you right now, that he is the spirit of God indwelling you right now, whether you feel it or not. And so all it takes is a moment of Jesus. You're here. And boom, there's a beautiful manifestation of his presence, of his love, which was present and and active all along but when we acknowledge and we and we worship you know it could just take a second could take a couple minutes but as we devote time to him daily um we'll begin to see transformation and we'll begin to hunger and thirst for the things of god as we devote ourselves to the things of god and um that's really where i was getting at with that because you know first love if we feel like we've lost first love what jesus said in the book of revelation is do the things you did at first Mm. what did we do at first, we read our yeah. Bible continually. We told everyone about Jesus. We spent yeah. time, you know, we valued his presence more than anything else. You know, we, you know, and sometimes it's just as simple as, you know what? I haven't really spent much time with him. I haven't acknowledged him. I haven't opened up my Bible for a while. Yeah. And then you start making time. And sometimes it might be just disciplining yourself. I got to get back to that, but it will yeah. turn into the very delight of your life. And you'll miss that time if you don't have it. You'll, you'll desire it more than 
your time with any other human being. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I think having, like you said, a, a strategic time when you do have a dedicated time is important, but it also can be an idol if we, you know, have 30 minutes in the morning. And then, like you said, if we don't make it, we have that shame and condemnation where we feel like we're not close to God instead of realizing where he's with us all the time, like you said. And that's such a beautiful picture where we tend to beat ourselves up and God's there waiting like, I'm still here. Like, yeah, you missed three days in a row, but I'm still here. You know, God doesn't look at our past and hold it against us, like you said. And so it's very important to, to realize that when you spend time with God, it's, it should be not just a check mark on the calendar and you might have it on your calendar and that's totally fine, but it's, it's a desire and a hunger, like you're saying. And if you don't have it, then do the small things to get there. Maybe you need to force yourself. Sometimes I force myself to pray, which sounds terrible as a Christian, but we all are there. Sometimes you force yourself to pray because you know, it's important. You believe in the power of prayer. And then after you do it, you feel better. And so a lot of times I don't feel like reading God's word either because I have distractions. I have stress on my mind, but once I actually get in it and make it a discipline, then you feel better. And maybe you read the Bible and God doesn't give you anything in that moment, but you stick with it because God will always show up and meet you where you're at. I agree 100%. It's a beautiful thing. So you talk about experiencing the presence of God and say that he doesn't just give you peace. He is your peace. And I thought that was so good. And his presence is your peace. You say his presence is your rest. Mm -hmm. And so many people are stressed out. You know, we came out of the year 2020 uh, where people are not at peace with everything going on in the world or in their personal lives. So what is the secret to walking that statement out? Because I love that statement, but how, what is a practical everyday discernment example of walking out Jesus as being your peace and your rest? That's good. I feel like when it comes to the presence of God or the glory of God, you know, people often, it's kind of ethereal. People often view God or the Holy Spirit as a force instead of a person. Yeah. And um, like, you know, and that's one reason why I named my book Immersed in His Glory, not Immersed in the Glory. Because yeah. for me, the glory sounds very impersonal. It sounds right. like the force be with you. May yeah. the glory be with you, you know? Yeah. And um, for me, and not just for me, biblically, God's glory is, is Him. He's a beautiful person. And he lives inside of us. He indwells us by faith. Jesus indwells our hearts by faith. The Holy Spirit has made our body his home. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We have continual fellowship with him. And so I want to always refer to him in his personhood. I am not, when it comes to the presence of the Lord, I don't just need peace. Like peace is just what? What is, what is peace? Is it a feeling? Is it you know, peace isn't a feeling. Peace is a person. He's the prince of peace, yeah. Jesus Christ. And so when I'm experiencing, this is very important. I feel like people don't think about this often, but if I'm experiencing peace, I'm experiencing the son of God. Mm. It's his peace in me. The yeah. apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, that it's no longer I that lives, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God. And so something very, very special about that scripture is that I, Michael Lombardo no longer lives. It is Christ now living his life through me. And so if I'm experiencing peace, it's the person of Jesus. It's his peace that I am partaking in. I am wow. sharing in his very peace. And because of that, because I understand that, because that's a revelation of mine, then I, I, I find intimacy with him in that. It's this, 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 this presence, this peace, this love that's warming my heart is you in me. Mm. 
warming my heart with your love. I'm feeling your love. It's not just, you know, God yeah. doesn't give love. He is love. Yeah. And so or I had a friend of mine one time, we were in the mission field together. And he said to me, I'm always hungering for God. I'm always hungering for God, but I feel like he's not filling me. He's not satisfying me. Mm. And I, in that moment, it dawned on me. And I said, well, if you have any hunger for God, it's because he deposited that hunger within you. We wow. cannot hunger for God without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no way to hunger for God. If the Holy Spirit left the planet, decided not to deal with humanity anymore, yeah. first of all, we disappear into oblivion <laughs> because he right. holds everything together by the power of his word. But yeah. aside from that, if he just lifted his presence, there'd be no hunger for God in the land of the living. We'd yeah. be we'd be evil and we'd be the devil would have his way in us. And so if we have any kind of hunger on the inside of us, it's because he is on the inside of us hungering for, for our attention, for our affection, drawing us to the father. And because of that, I said, you can have intimacy with God on that very fact. When you feel hunger, know that it's him in you, drawing you, wooing you. Mm. to your father. And it was like enlightening for him. Yeah. I'm opening for him like that Jesus in me, drawing me through hunger. And so when I say he, he's your rest, he's your peace, he's your joy, you know, we can find anything we need, whether you know, you're saying stressed out because of everything that's happening politically and COVID yeah. and the pandemic and everything that's happening, you know, anything that we need is found in the presence of God. Yeah. And as we spend time in his presence, he will minister to that very need, whatever that need is, he will address it. He will minister to it. And the presence of God isn't just an it, the Holy spirit and it, you know, he, the Holy spirit is a person who manifests to us the the very being of Jesus. And so anyway, I just like to change people's mindsets of, I don't want, you know, people in the charismatic church, the glory, the anointing. It's like a force yeah. instead of no, we're dealing with a person. It's Jesus. Mm. That's so good. And I, I've heard that example too, you know, people that are worried about their salvation, that's a good place to be in because that means you're concerned about it. You know, and even though we should have a confidence of our salvation, it goes back to what you said about the hunger of God. If we're hungry for God, that's a great sign because only by his Holy Spirit can you be hungry. And that's a great mindset because I've been the same way where, you know, God, I need more of you right now. Would you just give me a sign? And I just need, I need you in this moment. Well, it's because of the Holy Spirit that I'm feeling that. And I know he's with me all the time. And so I should have that reassurance when I have those thoughts that he never left me to begin with. Amen. And like talking about people feeling like they lost their salvation. If you're concerned yeah. about it, you haven't. Yeah, okay? exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the Holy Spirit decided to leave your body. And there's a lot of different views on this. Okay. Right. This, this, this podcast isn't to discuss, can you yeah. lose your salvation or not? Yeah. But at the same time, like if that is a fear of yours that you somehow lost your salvation, just know if you're concerned, that's a good, uh, it's a good sign. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, my last question for you has to do with your chapter on practical spiritual living, which is your last chapter. You talk about the importance of spiritual gifts and living out our call as the bride of Christ. So I wonder if you could talk about the importance of spiritual gifts have been for you personally. And that's another topic we can't go into because there's a lot of different opinions on it. But just from your experience, the spiritual gifts that you've seen, you've had, you've seen others, you know, uh, experienced those kinds of things. I want it to be kind of a faith booster for maybe those that are on the other side of it that don't believe that believe the gifts died out. And there's, there's grace for, for everyone. We're all brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ among secondary issues like that. But I just want to know if you could just maybe glean some light on what it has meant for you personally. Yeah. Again, when it comes to the presence of God, the anointing of the Holy spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the supernatural gifts of the spirit, it is, it is Jesus. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's a manifestation of who Jesus is. He is the miracle worker. He is the one that is in our yesterday, today, and our forever. So he knows what tomorrow is going to bring. He's the one that has the knowledge, the spiritual knowledge and the wisdom that we need. You know, the scriptures say that in him, we have access to all the wisdom and knowledge that we need, the treasure chest of wisdom and knowledge. And when it comes to uh, discerning of spirits, it is Christ his discernment on the inside of us. And so I I don't want to reject or neglect anything of Jesus. If he wants me to have it, I want it. That's been my heart cry from the moment I I, I was awakened to to Jesus in me. I I, I began to, I just said like, Lord, if you purchased it for me, I want it. And anything you died for me to be free from, I want nothing to do with it in my life. I want the fullness of what you have for me. And the gifts of the spirit are a part of that, not just experiencing the glory presence of God, not just the fruit of the Holy spirit, but the gifts and the anointings of the Holy spirit. It is Jesus in us and through us. And it's a part of our inheritance for us to experience and words of knowledge and the prophetic gifting and discerning of spirits, especially, you know, we all have different gifts from God, some stronger yeah. than others, you know, in my life, it's been the prophetic, it's been wisdom. It's been discerning of spirits that has been very, very strong in my life. Have I seen healings? Have I seen miracles? Yes, but they're more infrequent than the prophetic, discerning of spirits, wisdom, you know, teaching gifts, you know, different things like that. Yeah. So um, for me, those things have been extremely invaluable. Even just recently, last week, I have a friend of mine who was um, going through some very, very hard things. And um, you know, his father was sick and he was doing everything he could to be like the, you know, the man of the house and to take care of his family. And yeah. I was with him and, and I felt from the heart of God to tell him that he is a good son, mm. that his dad would be proud of him and he's a good son. Um, and um, I just grabbed him by the shoulder and I said, the Lord's telling me right now that you are a good son. Mm. And he started crying. It was wow. a spirit of prophecy. It was the gift of encouragement. He needed to hear that. He was stressed, wound up about, I need to be the best I can be for my family and for everything that is happening. And so God gave us these gifts, not just to reveal to us who he is and for us to feel special and important, like, yeah. like an important part of his kingdom. You know, we're all trying to seek the gifts of the spirit. It's not for our benefit. It is for the benefit of others to yeah. continue the kingdom work that he has given us. And so I think just more than anything, it's our inheritance as believers to experience the fruit, the gifts, the anointings of the Holy Spirit. And our heart posture needs to be, if you want me to have it, I want it. And whatever you died for me to be free from, I don't want it in my life, Lord. But I want everything that you've died for me to have. And the gifts of the Spirit are a part of that. And it doesn't just transform us, but it transforms the lives of other people. Wow. That's so good. I just saw a meme too. It was funny because, you know, there's these people inside a church and they're pushing against the door and Jesus is outside the door trying to get in the church and the people are saying, don't let him in. He'll change everything. <laughs> yeah. And wow, it, it was powerful, you know, as a, as a cartoon meme, but too often in our own lives, we push against God coming in because he'll change everything. He'll change our perceptions and how we grew up and he'll change our life. He'll ask us to do something we don't want to do, but it but at the same time, you're keeping God out of your life. And so I would just encourage everybody to seek more of Jesus, like you're saying, because if we say no to God, even before he asks the question, then that's a problem. You know, listen to God. What is he asking you to do? And don't just take our word for it. You know, we can point you in a direction, but go after God yourself. Go after what the Bible says. And too often people don't believe in something because they've never seen it. And it, it, you can talk about healing that way. You can talk about demonic you know, deliverance. And 
people grow up their whole life and never see a miracle. And like, well, it can't exist because I've not seen it. But if we compare it to the word of God, those things exist in the word of God. And just because you've not seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it also doesn't mean it died right. out. And so we can't base everything off of our experiences, but we can use our experience and the word of God to create a foundation in, in Christ. Yeah. Just, I know, we're, I know we're ending right now. Just to end with this, it's, the Bible talks about the glory of God passing before Moses. He put him in the cleft of the rock in Exodus 33, and it was the goodness of God yeah. that passed. Mm. The glory of God's related to the goodness of God. And I feel like a lot of people, and just to kind of tag on what you said, you said that a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to change. I don't want change. I don't want, you know, I don't want things to, you know, upheavals in my life. I don't want to be yeah. told to do what I don't want to do. That, to me, that question, it's, it's valid. And I don't want to make people feel like you're bad for feeling that way because all yeah. of us at one point or another have felt that way. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, there's a misconception of who God is. And if you haven't experienced his goodness, his kind intentions, his merciful heart, his loving heart, if that hasn't been experiential to an individual, it's going to be hard to say yes to something that you don't want to do. And there's yeah. been times in my life where God has asked me to do something that I don't want to do. But because I love him more than life itself, I've said yes, and I've yielded myself and my life over to him. And then he gave me the desire and the will to carry out his good pleasure. He'll actually yeah. transform your heart from not wanting to do something, from really wanting to do something, and he'll give you the power to accomplish it. And so God is never going to drag us through the mud and make us hate our lives. Um, once we say yes to him, he'll ask us to do stuff that we absolutely adore. And he'll also ask us to do things that we do. But once we say yes, there is a grace released for us to love it. And there's mm. a power released to accomplish it. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I was in the same way. I grew you know, there's been times where I've gone to church and I've just gone through the motions. I had a sin that I was keeping secret and I, I was too often trying to fight the sin instead of releasing it to God and then pursuing Jesus. I was pursuing my own efforts, trying to destroy the sin instead of pursuing Jesus. And so I don't want to definitely don't want to come across like we have it all figured out because we're still on this journey, but we are just passionate about Jesus. And I hope everyone can hear that in our voice. So thank you so much, Michael, for coming on and uh, just let everyone know where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, they can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, Michael Lombardo. Um, uh, that's L-O-M-B-A-R-D-O. -O. We have a website. It's actually getting updated right now, but it's lifeportoutintl.org. Or they can go to Awaken Podcast. That's really, you know, we haven't been traveling much in 2020. I've been involved in a lot of business endeavors, but I'm doing Awaken Podcast. They can find that at charismapodcastnetwork.com. And they could also find an Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, anywhere podcasts are listening to. That's the main place if people want to receive ministry. We've had incredible people on the show, John Bevere, Chris Valentin, Sean Bowles. Um, as of late, you know, Daryl Strawberry, just really cool people on the show. And so my heart is to strengthen and equip and encourage the body of Christ. And I'm, I'm doing that a lot now through the podcast so people can connect there. Awesome. Yeah, everyone can check out both our podcasts on Charisma Podcast and go to cpnshows.com. Check us out and a bunch of other great podcasts on there. Once again, thank you, Michael, for coming on. God bless you and your family. My pleasure. Great talking to you. That's going to do it for today. Thanks so much for being here. Just a reminder that my email is always open at discerningdad at outlook.com and also go to 316tees.com slash Tim to get your 10% off all the apparel at 316tees. And I would love it if you let me know if you took advantage of that offer. And for next week, I have Chris Ullery on the podcast. He is a Christian TikToker and has quickly become a friend of mine. And we have a great conversation, which you're going to enjoy. Until then, go with God, grow in discernment, and keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to the Everyday Discernment Podcast. For more information on Discerning Dad, go to discerning-dad.com. Be sure to follow on all the social media platforms. Just search for Discerning Dad. Please share this podcast with a friend and leave an honest review on whichever platform you listen. Feel free to send any comments, suggestions, questions, or prayer requests at discerningdad at outlook.com. Until next time, keep fighting the good fight.